Hold on to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Woe is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Jimmy Clark. gone and done. Welcome to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Emily Hayes, what have you gone and done? You never heard this? I think I have. You got me dancing. <laughs> yeah, you are. funky and I like it. I love the clash. You know, their whole, like, there was this whole, you know, the clash is the only band that matters. If you ever hear anybody say, say the only band that matters, they're talking about the clash. Yeah. And then, you know, some, I said this on Facebook a while back and then some people were like, they, uh, excuse me, they're not the only band that matters. And I'm like, well, okay, we'll see the record label, what the record label did. That was their, that, you know, things didn't go viral then like you didn't have yeah. ad campaigns online way. and stuff like that so that was that was the marketing strategy from the record label especially with them in the states mm-hmm. was the only band that matters yeah <coughs> but there are other bands that matter let me introduce you to a little thing <coughs> called led zeppelin right yeah i watched a really interesting thing about um John Bonham's drumming techniques and, yeah. and how he was with Jimmy Page more than he was with John Paul Jones as far as like yeah uh, um, in, in concert with in the sense of I'm playing off of you. Well, and John Paul Jones is the unsung hero of that band. He's, yeah, he's he what is. kept everything together. He was the yeah. backbone, whether he's playing keys or bass. And it allowed Bonham and Page and Plant to all go off and almost be a soloist all the time. It was a really neat video because, you know, um, they would set it up. The narrator would talk about, he would pick a song and be like, listen to how these do this and this does that. Yeah. And he would explain it. And then he would play the audio clip and on the screen, the the hit notes would pop. And so you would yeah. see the music with it. So for me, <coughs> makes a makes a lot of sense. I'll try and find it and send it to you. It's only like 10 minutes long. <coughs> no, I'm already, it's, I've got to bring up, bring it up. Yeah. How's that uh, throat of yours? Am I going to get sick, number one? For no, it's not my throat. It your is, lungs? It's, yeah, it's... Um, they told me that the cough... Her exact words were, your cough will linger for about a month. Hmm. And I said, well, you know... Um, these are these are my two jobs, and my second job I don't have to talk as much, but my first job kind of really depends on me yeah. being able to talk without yeah. sounding like a tuberculosis patient. Right. So if there's something we could do about that, that would be cool. So I've got this cough suppressant that I'm on, and it uh, it seems to be helping, but um, 
you know, you talk a lot all day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know how you, you, you know how we breathe, like, and, and how your diaphragm works and all that stuff, how you you keep breaths going so you're not constantly, <gasps> you know what I mean? Right. It's a, it's almost akin to singing. Yeah, but so it's not it's quite that, like what um, we're singing. So, what, what is happening is that I can't get my, I can't, like. Full breath. I can't get my full breath. Yeah. So, instead of being able to sustain and speak without basically running out of steam and losing my voice at the end, I'm having to take shorter breaths and it tri- like it'll trigger me coughing mm-hmm. if I go if I talk too long and if I laugh I'm screwed and that's what's happening in the morning on the show You're laughing with the guys yeah. I'm laughing and the next thing you know I've got my head pressed in the glass coughing over here my dad mm. sent me a text this morning and said leave the damn booth and I was like thanks dad leave the booth he's like leave the booth you're worse off than I thought oh my god call me later but you're not even in a booth well you know what I mean yeah but it's a whole it's family a studio. studio. Yeah. yeah. But we, da- Daddy's never seen up here. I kind of want to show him tomorrow or, or Sunday, depending on when he gets into town. He and Sarah get into town. Well, and, you know, if that medication isn't going to work for your cough, mm-hmm. you know what you could use? What's that? Mary Jane. <laughs> it cures everything, folks. Are you tired of bad television? Is that sitcom just not making you giggle like it was before? Oh Are you tired of microwavable burritos? Well, try Mary Jane. Is your back hurting you? It solves Mary. all your problems. Oh, Lord. You don't seem convinced by my quick advertisement there. For weed? Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I don't. Do it's drugs. considered illegal in the state of Alabama, but it will cure all of your problems. I don't know. Not for me. No, not for you? Okay. No, and somebody also pointed out that if, um, if I was only able to drink whiskey, that I would not be as bad off as I am right now. Yeah, because you are taking Lent seriously. I do. This I, Lenten season. Yeah, yeah, I take Lent seriously every year. So I'm, you've given up? Liquor. Oh, no. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it, it's going to be okay. I believe in you, but uh, yeah. I'm also a little worried. It's, this is quite the trial you've set up for yourself. <laughs> yeah, I got to... Yeah. Somebody was like, you know what you need? You know what you need to help you with that cough? You need a hotty toddy. You need to go get some whiskey and you need a ba 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 I was like, well, that's great, but I gave up liquor for Lent. Hmm. So, Easter, if I still have this See, cough. But you actually gave up something you love. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. It's an actual, like I said, it's a real trial you're mm-hmm. putting yourself through. Yeah, my biggest pet peeve are people that, like, because I've seen this all over Facebook, like, I'm giving up Lent for Lent, and it's spelled Lent like piece of Lent out of the dryer. Oh. Yeah. It's just like, it's not, I mean, I guess because, you know, for as long as I can remember, for 32 years of my life, I've observed Lent, and I've heard... I gave up Lent for Lent. I'm giving up Lent for Lent. I'm going to give up Lent for Lent. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, oh. That's clever. You're so clever. Yeah. It's great. So, it's so like when funny. it's super freaking hot outside and yeah. people will be like, hot enough for you? Yeah. Oh, oh, God, like, you're so 
clever. It looks like somebody's got a case of the Monday. Yeah, it's just... even though it's Friday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got it. That low hanging fruit. And you know, it's I people know. that are you know usually not that humorous in their lives, but they've found that that gives a little tee hee hee out of somebody when they say it. Yeah. So. Do you remember? Is it? What is it? Well, what uh, what movie is it? What movie is it with uh, with Buddy Jesus? Oh, Dogma. Dogma, yeah. yeah. So you know the like whenever somebody says I'm giving up Lent for Lent, I just see Buddy Jesus going. Ah, yeah, you know what I mean. Like with right. the yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. We need Jesus to be hip. Yes. To speak to the youth. So every time I see that, oh man, I'm, oof. Oh, I, I'm just I'm worried about you. I know, and you said it again off the air that you just want fun Emily back, and yeah. I'm. I'm so sorry, Joey. <laughs> no, but I understand you're a human being. You yeah. know, it's a complex mix of experiences and emotions, and you're going through it with the sickness. And, and Sal Sounds, uh, we announced our first round of artists this week. Really? Okay. Yeah, and um, so that's good. Of Montreal, Lee Baines III and the Glory Fires, wow. Dumpster Funk. Uh, I am aware of Of great Montreal. Great Peacock, yeah. It's really great, and um, and I have not heard of them until now. But dumpster funk is really peaking my. Interest. Oh, okay. it's great! It's yeah. great. So, <coughs> mm. sorry, mm-hmm. <coughs> we'll have another. Um, we'll have another announcement a couple of weeks down the road with about thirty more artists, and that's awesome. <coughs> and you've been doing this for how many years now? This is the seventh year. That's great, and has it? You've seen improvement in this sense that you're able to pull more names you might not have uh, asked before? I will say that, um, you know, in the first couple of years, Ted and I and Skoda were pretty much responsible for corralling the majority of the artists. Mm -hmm. And then it started to shift to the way that I'm, you know, I think we had always intended for it to shift would be that the venues knew, okay, this is what we're looking for. This is the criteria of South Sounds. These are the people that we need to book. Right. And now, now in the seventh year with the board and our president, Gabe Fleet, who's been doing a phenomenal job these past two years, um, you know, coordinating with the venues, they're like, okay, we know the second weekend of April is South Sound, so when they're booking a couple of months out, they're, th- these are the people that we need to look for for that weekend. We okay. need to make sure that we have Southern artists on this weekend. Who are the up-and-coming Southern artists? Let's go ahead and get them locked in. So it's gone from three people know and understand what this is and are working our butts off to make it happen to every venue owner that participates in South Sounds knows the criteria and knows yep. what to book and knows what to do. It's become... It's not a well-oiled machine because there's always going to be a hiccup here or there. Sure, yeah. But it's, it's gotten... Every year, it's just a little bit easier. And every year, you know, we learn something new, something to anticipate. And there's a little learning lesson every year. But And I'm glad for that because it keeps it new and exciting and it's not perfect yet mm-hmm. so it's something to keep working on but um i am just humbled beyond belief that an idea that three people had has turned into a staple spring festival for not just the city of mobile but for the south in general because all of these awesome. bands benefit from 
from the festival and the patrons benefit because they're finding new music that they can yeah. support and then we've got artists that are trading off shows with each other you know you've got one great example is this band from Mobile called the Underhill Family Orchestra and they hit it off with these great bands out of Charleston, South Carolina. She returns from war, and the High Divers. They trade off shows, and when you're okay. tr- when you're trying to route, you know, when Hunter Park and She Returns from War is trying to route from Charleston, South Carolina to Mobile, Alabama, and back, um, and Underhill needs to go on the road. Hmm. Well, if Underhill's got a couple of shows headed that way, but uh, She Returns from War has a couple of shows headed our way, then they can work together and put each other on each other's bill, trade off shows, like I'll host you here, you host us there kind of thing. And it makes it makes touring a more viable option you know for these bands. It builds a community. Yeah, and you've got a place to crash when you go to th- exactly. those towns too, so you're not having to, to blow your money that yeah. you made selling merch all night on a hotel room. Now, I, <coughs> this may be a rude question, Okay, but have you ever, you were suggested a band, and you saw them, you heard their music, you're like, I'm just not hearing it. Just not seeing it. Yeah. And you were proven wrong, like they went on to be a big hit. Hmm. I want to say there's a there's a way to say this. Um I recognized early on that not everything is my cup of tea. Mm. But I've always been able to recognize when there's a market for a product. You might not be in that market, but yeah. it's marketable beyond. Yeah. yeah. Like, I can go see a band and be like, okay, not my jam. But then I look and see, you know, 30 kids crammed into an attic space that, you know, half of them have X's on their hands because they're under underage. And then the other ones are, you know novice drinkers with their little with their little beers and stuff well, and they might um, just be proudly straight edge or they could be straight edge yeah, yeah. but you know like I see them and I see, like I see them coming out to pay it's like paying 10 15 dollars to see a band that even though it's not something that I like there's a there's a market for that there's a demo for that and every market every audience needs to be served cool, cool. So. Well, um, now, if folks are interested, because you've been talking about South Sounds for a while now, mm-hmm. uh, preparing it, when if folks want to make the trip down from here in Montgomery to South Sounds, yeah. how does this all work for Um How does it all work? What do you yeah, mean? like if they want to buy uh, tickets and show up, yeah, yeah, how yeah, is yeah. the experience? Uh, go to southsoundsfest.com. Yeah. You can see all of the artists we've announced so far. It's about 30-ish, and there'll be another round of 30 to announce. And for those of you who are hearing about it for the first time, South Sounds is an all-Southern artist music festival. It's up-and-coming Southern artists, and it's in downtown Mobile. There's a couple of outdoor stages, but the big thing is that it's focused in the venues in Mobile that book original music all year long. Hmm. And it's all within walking distance. There's general admission passes, which is a wristband that's $25 that'll get you into every venue all weekend long, which is three days and nights of music so you're not paying multiple covers as you bounce around from the merry widow over to o'daly's over to the blind mule you're not paying multiple covers you've got that wristband but the vip package has a lot of great perks and it's a very affordable package in my opinion and it's a great way to spend the weekend basically just doing music discovery and mobile's lovely we we always 
knock wood, look out with weather. We've only, out of seven years, we've only had one rain event. Nice. And that was for four hours on a Sunday. And we had a plan for it, so it was fine. But, um, you know, we're a nonprofit music festival, all volunteer-based, and I highly recommend it to anybody that is a fan of music. Yeah. It's a great way to spend a weekend in April. And it coincides with Art Walk in Mobile. So the first night of South Sounds is also Art Walk. So you've got art all over the place in downtown. Nice. It's just a really good weekend. And it's it's a, it's family-friendly, man. I would definitely check it out over at southsoundsfest.com. You can also check out our Spotify playlist and get introduced to some bands that maybe you haven't heard of yet. That's awesome that you can do the Spotify playlist now. Yeah, we do it every year. Every year to... Um, because we know we know what's what's going on in Charleston doesn't always translate over here or what's happening in New Orleans you haven't heard of that band because they haven't been able to tour this far exactly yeah. so that's the whole point awesome we want you to know that we've not only have the best football teams but we have the best music in the SEC Alabama does have some damn good music yeah, you know, all do. sorts of genres well it looks like somebody's called us uh oh 272 <laughs> if you want to uh, talk to us and maybe <laughs> give, cough. Yeah, exactly. And let's see who this is. News talk, you're on there. Hey, this is Urban Night. I may be a little too old for your your crew, but I got a question. Okay. Does Emily know about Ugly Stick Automobile? Eric Erdman is one of my best friends in the entire world. Where in the heck are they now? Ugly Stick doesn't tour or play anymore. Um, Eric's put out a couple of solo records. In fact, he just released a new solo album. Eric is playing South Sounds, by the way, if you want to nice. go. Nice. All right. Hey, thanks. No worries. Appreciate it, Herb Knight. Quick hit right there. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Ugly stick. Yeah. Um, let's see. You could, you could probably, if you want to look them up, it's yeah. ugly with an I. Okay. Um, and oh, you know what? You would love Eric Erdman because early on in our friendship, he quoted a Prince song that I didn't know about. No, they co they covered a Prince song, and I had never heard it before. And I asked him, I was like, did y'all write that? Um, or what album is that on, or something like that? And he said, girl, if you don't know that that's a Prince song, I don't know that we can keep being friends. Oh, yeah. man. You would love Laying it. Laying down the law. Do you remember what song it was? Oh, my God. Um... Is it One Night Stand or something like that? I can't remember. Oh, I Can Never Take the Place of Your Man? Yeah. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm talking mm -hmm. off mic. Um, it's only last June when her old man ran away. I think I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Mm -hmm. <coughs> but hurt her so bad because she knew he was going to stay. Yeah, I just um, they're great guys. Eric Erdman's a phenomenal singer songwriter. He's got a song called Peanut Butter and Jealousy, which is hilarious oh, to me. Yeah. But um, with with this, you can you uh, just scroll down just a little bit. Let me see what we got going on over there. Um, go back. Just play the first one. The first one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Song's called Started Out Right. Eric also does a really great cover of The Grinch. Ooh, <laughs> we started out right, started out right. But now we just lost our way. Don't let them tell you hope is lost. Because I'm here to tell y'all it ain't. We started out right, started out right. The Q on bass is amazing. So we can fix it if we try. Of course All we is. gotta do is get back to how we used to think. A dollar spent at the five and dime. We get candy for a week, and it took us all the time. The shop owner and his wife so kind. We used to go there every day. 
Yeah. Let's do the first bands I saw in Mobile. And, um... Ooh, jazzy. I like it. They played up and down everywhere. They they were a strong touring band there for a while. Um, or at least when, when I came onto the scene. But scene. It's, it's difficult. It's <laughs> a profession that... I mean, it's it's almost like what we do in radio, but you're actually mobile. Yeah. You don't have a home base, necessarily. It, it's, it's like comedians and musicians. It's a lot of hotel rooms or motel rooms and bars. And I worry, and I like talking to those folks who are actually touring because sometimes you forget where you are. It's like, yeah. oh, Well, yeah. that's why you'll see, like, if you ever watch any... Um any li- like live stand-up or live shows or something like that, live concert DVDs, and if if you ever are back in the backstage, if there's if they're filming backstage, yeah, you'll see in the <coughs> in the dressing rooms. God bless it. <coughs> you'll see in the dressing rooms, they'll have you know taped on the wall. You are in Toledo. Right. Because <laughs> it all looks the and same. And like they'll just, they'll be in random places. They'll be like, you're in Toledo tonight. Yeah. That's where you are. Toledo! Hello, Toledo! So, you know. Yeah, politicians who are touring, comedians, bands, professional wrestlers. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that touring life has to be, I don't know if it's for me. It could be. I don't really have any strings attached other than this job. I love to travel. I love to travel. I also love to come home. Yeah, okay, you know what I, I mean? see what you mean. Like, I, lo- I love it. I love it. I could I could go and be on the road for weeks. I, th- I feel like I could be on the road for weeks. Um, There's part of me that's very curious. But then I would want to come home for... I would want to come home for a week and just, you know, just re um, recalibrate. You know, being sick last week... I think the last time I was on the show, we talked about my schedule. Yeah, how crazy <laughs> it is right and, now. Uh, yeah, and... Wednesday morning, did the show, super, super, super sick. Yeah. Like, just kept pushing and pushing and pushing, and I finally hit this wall of, I should not have come in today. But I was already in town, you know, I live in Prattville, work over here, and I was already in town, so I left the show, went downstairs, did the stuff that I do before I leave, and then I went to my job, Other and I walked job, in, yeah. and the godfather was like, why Why are you here? Why? And she You're just committed. And she just looked at, I'm standing in her office, and she just looked at me, and she pointed out the door, and I was like... Okay, she said, go make a doctor's appointment. Go home. Go to a real doctor. Go. And so I went home, uh, made a doctor's appointment for Thursday morning at 7 in the morning, stopped and got Gatorade and all that stuff on my way home and a bunch of Alka-Seltzer cold and flu because I thought I had the flu because mm-hmm. God and everybody's mm-hmm. got the flu. And so then I, I slept all of Wednesday after I got home from like 11 onward. I woke up one time around 7 o'clock, and then I went back to bed. Yeah. And then Thursday morning, I got up, I went to the doctor, and they told me, bronchitis, sinus infection with right blockage, severe ear infection, uh, sit still, we're putting you on this IV of steroids and antibiotics, we're calling in your prescriptions to Adams, and you need to get this stuff and go home, don't go back to work until Wednesday, or Monday, oh, by the way, we need to take chest x-rays and... I, at one point, I thought they were about to send me to the hospital, and I was kind of starting to freak out and being like, oh, my God, I'm totally alone. I've got to make sure somebody goes over and checks on Loretta and Irene and uh, and, and that kind of stuff. But mm. I ended up going home Thursday. Um, there's this great thing called Instacart, 
where you can get your groceries delivered to you. See, I do waiter. I see. No, groceries like from like the grocery actually store. grocery store. Like, but see, I do waiter. I don't ever get groceries. Well, see, you and I are a little bit similar in that, that we're single people, and yeah, you know, <clears throat> it's hard for me to cook for everything I know to cook is for a lot of people because exactly. that's the way I grew up. Right. Um. But I knew that I wasn't going to be leaving my house once I got home because I felt so badly. So I needed stuff. I ordered it. They delivered it. And then I was, I did not leave my house after I got back from the doctor on Thursday until Sunday afternoon to go get ground beef to make goulash. Mm. And then I came back to work on Monday. And I said all that to say, having to stop and not do the shows here just take care of yourself and and not do my other job and the and my only focus was to rest hydrate and take a lot of medicine mm-hmm. and learn about some old antiques too. well that and i watched a lot of perry mason when i was conscious but you know um i spent four solid days thursday friday saturday sunday four solid days in my apartment and when I, I moved in my apartment last May, I've never spent four solid days in my apartment ever. I've never spent four consecutive days. I mean, it gave you some perspective. Yeah, I was like, uh, you know. Wait, are you the type of person who didn't like that? See, I would, I would eat that up. I've never... I, I like being alone. I had to like it, I guess, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. I, ne- I needed to like it. I, rest, I slept... I slept all of Wednesday. I slept all of Thursday. And then Friday, I was a little more with it. And folks were texting me and asking me if I was okay, if I needed anything like that. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll check in with you when I wake up again kind of thing. And then Saturday is when I started to kind of feel like a human again. Hmm. And then Sunday, um, had this long conversation about goulash with Bo Holt and 84 and GBC. And I was like, I'm going to go get some ground beef and make goulash because I had everything but ground beef. Hmm. So, you know, so traveling's awesome, but being home and having to kind of refocus. Yeah. I've never had to, I've never had I've never had to stop like I did last week and be still. Well, it is good for all of us to take a break. I hate that it was you know, sickness that brought you to a halt. Mm. Well, maybe it was uh, a wake-up call from, you know, somebody uh, upstairs. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. not talking about your landlord either. <laughs> talking about Jesus. Maybe it was a wake-up from Jesus. Maybe. I don't know. I, I love Bo. I love 84. I don't know if I could talk about goulash for more than a minute with those guys. If so, then I probably would have to be like, are you tired of talking about goulash? (laughs) Well, then try marijuana. (laughs) You want to talk about goulash as well as hostess cakes and much, much more. Marijuana, it's illegal in your state, but maybe not for long. We're moving to where it's not so bad here. Right, well, we got to hit a quick break with Brewer and Shipley taking us out. I swear I'm not one took over the line, but... I've had a lot of cough medicine. Oh, I'm going to be honest. That explains it. Emily Hayes is alongside me this evening. We'll be right back.
as requested by Emily. Yeah. Yeah, I remember exactly where I was when I first heard this song. Oh, really? Can you share? Yeah. It's like um, three or four years old. Right, let's get here. I just jam- I would jam in the car with my mom. Crank it, Joey. Crank it. four years old and um, we lived in Birmingham and we were like going to the community pool or something. I remember sitting in my mom's like 88 Toyota Corolla gray. Yeah. And like I've already got, like I'm in my, my little swimsuit and I've already got the safety wings on, already mm-hmm. blown up and she's already like loaded me up with sunscreen because I'm pale and I burn very easily and uh Here's a little pigtails, and we're just, we're going to the pool. Mm-hmm. We're listening to Huey Lewis. This is great. Yeah, but then you've got me thinking of songs I might have liked as a kid. You're saying you're three or four when you hear this. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, when you're three or four, or five or six even, you really resonate with hot loving every night. I think it was that do 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 do. Yeah, the musical hooks great. Yeah, it's it's good. And but I'm thinking of like songs we liked as kids. They were wildly inappropriate. Oh yeah. Like there's a lot of Led Zeppelin I like. Like yeah, the lemon song. (laughs) Yeah, squeeze my lemon. Yeah, my dad would nervously cough through that and change it when it came Mm -hmm, on. mm -hmm. And whenever Robert Plant would start doing the like in Whole Lot of Love, when it would have the breakdown and stuff, and he'd start you know making his noises or whatever, Dad would be like, (coughs) like start reaching the fiddle with the knobs on the radio. Wait, on Whole Lot of Love? Yeah, yeah. (coughs) I'm not like the scream. <laughs> yeah, dad, dad would be dad. I mean, my dad knew what was going on, and dad would just reach. Out. <laughs> I got to change channel loop. Wait, so it, the the sounds he, Plant was making are just wrong, but the the way way down inside that was fine. What what we need? That was fine. Gonna give you my love. That was <laughs> every inch of my love. I remember one I time. Mean, that's pretty naughty. Yeah. I, oh. <laughs> That's one of the first few songs I learned to play on guitar. Made me laugh. It really was. Oh man, my dad um, would make these Caddyshack jokes, and I wasn't old enough to see Caddyshack. And Dad's like, "All right, fine. You know, you, you need to see this movie, Lou, and I'm gonna watch it with you. But I'll just fast forward through all the parts you don't need to see." I'm like, okay, Dad. And then, so Dad and I are watching Caddyshack, and. Mm-hmm. He's like across the way on the love seat. I'm like, you know, laying down on the couch or whatever, and we're watching Caddyshack. And a very inappropriate scene comes on, like one that like a 13 year old should not be watching in front of their parents, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I'm like, what? And I what is it? Like, the- I just stared at the screen. And I was like, why? Why is? Well, what's wrong? Why isn't Dad fast forwarding this? Oh my God! I can't even look at my dad. And like, I just stared Wait, at the which screen. Scene? I, just. Refresh my uh, No, I'm not. And so Come I look on. no, I look over at my dad. My dad is He's passed out. Passed out. It's what old men do. And he's he was middle aged men do. And I was like, yeah. Oh my it's god. What Joey does. My Uncle James when I was when when mm-hmm. I watched The Exorcist for the first time. Mm-hmm. And Uncle James was like, I'm I'm gonna watch it with you and and that way if any if you get scared or something or something bad comes on, you know, we'll fast forward through it, we'll turn it off <coughs> and all that stuff. And so I'm sitting in the floor 
like just staring at the, at the screens at my mom's house and she and Danny had that uh the old big screen TVs that were like as deep as that file cabinet you know what I'm talking about mm-hmm. so I'm in sixth grade and I'm like sitting I almost said Indian style but apparently that's politically incorrect so crisscross applesauce I'm sitting on the floor watching it and I'm just like oh my god oh no this is terrible I was in Lutheran school at the time private school mm-hmm. and was watching The Exorcist and it got to that scene uh, where she's like kneeled up on the bed with the crucifix and oh yeah yeah and I'm like Oh, my jaw hits the floor, yeah. and I look back at my Uncle James, and he's passed out on the couch. And my sister walks through. My sister, who's three years older than me, Elizabeth, she's perfect. And she walks through, and she's on the on the cordless phone. And I was like, she said, what are you doing? I said, I'm watching The Exorcist. It's really scary. Will you please watch it with me? Uncle James fell asleep. And she tells her friend on the phone to hold on a second. And she's like, no, Emily, because I don't want to go to hell. And she walked off. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Wow. Um, now, you've got me thinking of like <coughs> naughty movie scenes when I was young. And I've already told folks the first naked lady I ever saw on screen, mm-hmm. I think in life, was um, Titanic. Oh, Rose? Yeah. <laughs> and, and really, that's, as I've told folks, that's a tasteful scene. The one I was asking more questions about is when they're in that old school car and the deck underneath. Oh, yeah. Under deck, you know, and he's shaking, and the car windows start fogging up. Like, what's going on, Mom and Dad? You asked your parents? Why is he so nervous? Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm remembering. I don't think I've told this on air. We had to be sixth grade. So I'm, what, 12? Yeah. 13? 12. And uh, this one kid in the class, I think actually one of his moms was a teacher, uh, invites over all the guys for his birthday party. And it's a sleepover party. Like, Ah. everybody's spending the night and having fun. And they had this house where they had a really nice guest house in the backyard. Oh, cool. You know, big, you know, living room kind of area with the guest house, a bedroom area. Enough room to sleep, like, 10, 12 young guys. Yeah. We're just hanging out. We're just going to be staying up, watching movies. Yeah, and and that's what we did. We're just going to hang out. We listened to the Country Grammar album by Nelly a lot. Oh, wow. But then... That's right when, I don't know if it had just come out or we just got our hands on it. Again, folks, we're like 12, 13 years old. American Pie. Oh. And we kept going back, rewind, rewind, rewind. It's the nude scene where she they're watching her on the webcam. Yeah. And, you know, you're thinking we're doing it just because it's, it's a very good hot girl naked. And that was part of it. But what we kept rewinding was the one guy who kept going, she reads the articles. Oh, nice collection there, Jim. We thought that was the funniest <laughs> thing in the world. Like, rewind. She reads the articles. <laughs> It thought it was so damn funny. <coughs> and if only that could happen to us. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's weird. I'd think back on that movie going, man, that sent the wrong message. Y- yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really sent the wrong message. Oh, yeah. And then there's like 94 sequels. No, no, that's probably not right. Yeah, I like them. There's though. like 94 extra movies. I, liked, uh, I American Reunion. I like that one. Try, I don't think I've seen that one. I think I saw one of the the ones. I don't know. I just I'm the guy. If, if we're going by American Pie mm-hmm. characters, and it's been a while, I remember Stifler's name. I'm if I'm you know relate to any of these young men in that movie, I relate 
to the guy ends up hooking up with Stifler's mom. Yeah. Okay. Like, I'm an old soul. I'm not cool for high schoolers, but, you know, I'm a bit refined. I have refined yeah. taste. <laughs> this is making me laugh. And so, you know, the, the moms just come out of nowhere. Jerry. It's like, it's not what I expected, but it's not a bad life. Oh, no, I'm making her laugh, which means she's coughing. Oh, gracious. It's, it's true. Mm. I was never the cool guy who cut up all the time. Yeah. Like, Stifler. I wasn't the complete awkward dope who ends up with a uh, pie. Yeah. <laughs> which, Eugene Levy is one of the funniest. I didn't appreciate it when I was 13 or 12 years old. But Eugene Levy is the dad in American Pie. It's yeah. one of the funniest things I've ever seen. How awkward that guy is. Yes, it's pretty perfect. It, it's perfect. They're just sitting there looking at this pie that's all messed up now. We'll just tell your mother we ate it. Yeah. Just, <laughs> ugh, oof, oof. But I wasn't that guy. I was never like the real cool kid who, you know, was in with the crowd. I was more that I'm in, but I'm I'm an old soul. I'm not I'm not cool, but I'm I'm still in with the crowd. I'm gonna say this and I just said it in my mind and I was like, it makes it sound like you're a turd in a bowl, but um, mm -hmm. I was a floater. <laughs> like, I've, you know what I mean? Like, there were all the little clicks and stuff, and I floated you around. floated between the clicks. Yeah. It makes me sound like I'm a turd in a bowl. <laughs> that somebody's proud of. Yeah. <laughs> Come see this. Can't Look. we get a courtesy nah. <laughs> So you were a floater. Yeah, I was friends with everybody. Yeah. I mean. Okay. Sit with the goth kids at lunch, and was then, still, you know, I was president of theater and president of chorus. So there were some pretty clear like clicks in your high school. God, yeah, yeah. There were you know the athletes, and then like the super smart kids that were like the super smart kids in National Honor Society, and you knew they were going to get scholarships to college and things like that. And then um, you know there were the the preppy kids, and there were the cool kids, like the mm. one that. Was he had the early birthday, so he was a little older than everybody Leader else. Kind of, of thing. the pack. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> then the chorus kids and the band kids. You wonder who had all the good parties and booze and stuff. The band kids. The did. band kids. The band kids were the wildest kids. Well, those ne'er do well. They're yeah. always the most wild. You just think, oh, they're in band, whatever. They're gonna well, get this. They learned that in American Pie. Well, that's true. I the guess band yeah. camp but with band the flute. kids are wild. Mm -hmm. um, but no, I was just I was friends with everyone. Because okay. I, why not? And I think it had a lot to do with that I moved a lot. So, okay, you know, but. right. And Catholic, we weren't it, because we were such a small school. It mm -hmm. wasn't that defined. Like you said, all the athletic kids and the really smart kids. Like that was a huge overlap with our class. Like most National Honor Society getting scholarships, great GPAs, great ACT, SAT. We we're also on the football team. Yeah. So there's a lot of overlap. There were some, like, friend groups and cliques, but it didn't break down in that stereotypical way at Catholic. Yeah. Like, there, and when we had a party, which we didn't do that often, everybody would be there. It wasn't like, oh, this group's not invited. Pretty much everybody would show up. There would also be a group of kids that were... In okay, so in the druggies. Well, yeah, of course. The stoners. The stoner kids hang out on the quad, but um, he had little stony kids and the skateboarder kids, and he had the theater kids and the band and chorus kids, and he had the preppy kids and the smart kids and the athletes and things like that. But then there was that there was this group of folks that um, 
they were the vocational students and they only had to come to school for like half the day and then they'd go to the vocational school which I always thought was super cool but those kids were the ones that because it was the vocational school for the county of Coleman they knew all the cool or the cooler folks in the county schools mm. so it's like they got around. Yeah, so it was like West Point, Cold Springs, Faultville, Hansville, Good Hope, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Bynemont. Mm. They they were they knew the the kids mm-hmm. out in the county, and when you'd go hang out with the kids in the county, nine times out of ten they lived on a bunch of land and had four wheelers, and you mm. could do wild stuff. My friend Andrew that passed away um, about ten years ago, he I remember after prom we went over to his house and like spread out a bunch of hay and made these jumps out of hay mm. and took a kiddie pool mm-hmm. you know it's like posted outside of walmart for 49.99 yeah, or whatever yeah. or it's walmart so it's like 49.87 or something we got one of those poked a hole in the side of it and ran a really thick rope through it and then tied the rope on the back rack of a four-wheeler and just like pulled people in the back of it jumping these little hay jumps that wow. we had made i mean that's you know but that's what you did if you knew the county kids. If you knew the cool kids. You had to know the cool county kids. Yeah. And they were the kids that worked, that kind of thing. Like, it was it was this weird, it was a weird mix of stuff. And, you know, I didn't want to be friends with just 10 people. I wanted to be friends with everybody. Well, and the one thing I love, too, it is stereotypes. Like, oh, the, the drinkers and the druggies, all this. What In my experience, when you would go to, like, like I went to one that was... Uh, Oh, I don't even know. I should, I'm going to say it. Governor school. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, kids with great academic records, and they seem like the leaders of the future. I went to a yeah. few of these sorts of things. But this was in the summer for two weeks. They're like we FBLA st- kids, future yeah. business leaders of America. Yeah, and we kids. stayed at Sanford University. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that tells us is Sanford is segregated in terms of the dorms and sex. Mm-hmm. And, you know, don't know drinking. It's a dry campus, these sorts of things. I'm walking in the parking lot the first night I get there, and I can see beer cans all crumpled up (coughs) in the gutters Mm -hmm. and right under a lamppost for Joey to see, for all the world to see. Some dude in a big rig truck, not that, not an 18-wheeler, but it was like a 250, 350, jacked up a little bit. (coughs) Uh, It was definitely... At my 16-year-old, 17-year-old self go, Self, Joey, that looks like two people having sex in the front seat oh of the truck. Oh, my goodness. Well, if you're not allowed to do it in the dorm, I guess you go to the to the, to the pickup. <laughs> no, was, Meet me at parking spot my, my general point is, whether it was youth legislature or any of these where it's kids that, you know, their record is great, they were all partiers. They just knew how to hide it or get away with it. It was pretty much being an adult. Yeah. You know? like Pretty much. Just make sure you have your priorities right and, and right and contribute to society. and Folks, ki- especially children, because I know so many children listen to this show, uh-huh. that if you learn how to work hard and you learn how to get by with the appearance of upholding the rules... You can play hard, too. <laughs> if you provide a lot to society, society will give you quite the allowance to go out and have fun. Now, everybody makes mistakes. Don't have too much fun. Yeah, You might end up dead. And I'm not exaggerating. Reel it in. You got to reel it in sometimes. Um, like, this is why it was. I think Emily's uh, sacrifice for Lent is a brilliant idea. What? Li- uh, giving up liquor. Giving up liquor? Yeah, yeah. you got to reel it in sometimes. I guess, yeah. Um, you know, and you know what's great is that there's a uh, 
half bottle of Maker's 46 that's sitting on my kitchen counter. And you haven't touched it? Haven't touched it. That's amazing. Even when the sickness was in full swing and I really thought... See, I didn't. I don't like that stuff when I'm sick. It dehydrates you. <coughs> no, you make a... Oh, it's like whiskey and honey. Yeah, I know. It helps a little bit. Hot toddies help. But I just... I've never liked whiskey when I have a cold because it just makes it worse for me. I just love whiskey, so... Yeah. Well, I was a Jameson guy. Yeah. I used to drink a lot of it. Uh-huh. I've stopped that. Because I would be in mid-conversation, or so I was told, I don't remember any of this. And I would just pass out. <coughs> like, I, I hit a certain point in my mid-20s where I realized I can't handle alcohol in the same way all my friends can. And it, being dense and wanting to go along with the crowd... I kept up, but not really. It's not good for you to do that. Everybody's well, built differently, and everybody can tolerate things differently. Well, why am I falling asleep while everybody else still carry on having fun? There's something different about it. Yeah. Um, you know the clip that Greg plays, the <coughs> women know your limits? Yeah. <coughs> Which a woman sent to me one day going, y'all should play this. I'm like, we already, we already do. do. Um, but that's the thing. You got to know your limits. With anything in life, be it, you know, your favorite alcoholic beverage or um, your work schedule or what you can commit to and actually fulfill. Yes. You need to know your limits. You need to be able to say no. It's just some stuff I'm learning. Um, because if not, you will suffer the consequences, whether it be passing out in the middle of a conversation or being dead exhausted after a week of work and sleeping for three days. Hmm. Yeah, and I'm now worried, ladies and gentlemen, about Emily Hayes. I mean, she's been wonderful, incredible tonight, but to see her pull away from the microphone like that and hack up all of her lungs just yeah. makes me worry. I uh, I really wish it would stop. Yeah, there's only so much cold medicine you can take in a 24-hour period, right. too. yeah. I think one of the side effects is hallucinations, so I just want to be very careful. Oh, well... Some people are, sh- you know, shooting for that sort of thing. Not me. No. I just barely handle reality as it is. Yeah. I don't need any walls to melt. Well, and again, know your limits, folks. If you're going to mess around with psychedelics, like... <laughs> <laughs> don't. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> no, there is cool stuff in all seriousness coming out about, like, say, psilocybin. Like John Hopkins and Stanford, I believe, they're legitimate places doing studies now that psilocybin helps with, like, one dosage under a controlled environment, helps people with depression. Mm. Like, one dose for several months. Oh, wow. Um, they had clergy members take it at John Hopkins, people from, you know, Catholics and Jews and different Christian <laughs> denominations, and they had them take uh, psilocybin and listen to some music that was part of their religious canon and think about their faith and every single one of these folks said it was a great experience it helped the dead dead dogma or doctrine that I had taken for granted for years come back alive and it gave me a greater appreciation of other faiths wow and there's something I think psychedelics unfortunately got hooked up with like the counterculture um, for a while and I think we aren't we aren't appreciating the possible uh, uses for it that could be responsible and incredible for people's lives. Oh, yeah. So I'm hoping more of that uh, will come in the future. But right now, we're still arguing about pop in the state of Alabama. I just, I'm uh, over it. 
Well, I want to thank Dick Brubaker and Patricia Todd for actually putting something forward this session, but I guess Alabama's just not there yet. Emily, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. I'm sorry I coughed for the last 17 minutes. I'm sorry you feel bad. It'll buff. No, I'll be back Monday. Talk to you all then. Bye-bye. <laughs>